Hi everyone, welcome to the very first episode of It's Cool, I Know the Owner podcast. I'm Zach Schmidt with the Horton Group, and today my first guests ever are Charles Martinez and Andrew Zidane of Grandma Annie's Pizzeria. So let's get into it. Yeah. Uh, oh, we're gonna start it off yeah, with some uh, a little za, some a little product za. here, a little za. This is this is why we're here, right? Thank it's you, thank about, you. It's all about showing this off right here. It's the pizza. This is the love. This is what we're trying to show the whole humble park in Chicagoland area. A little bit of background on all of us. I've known these guys for 15 plus years. Charles and I went to college together. I've known Andrew for years as well. Thank you. We've all been in and out of the hospitality industry for years. Um, and yeah, they just opened this business and I'm just starting this podcast. So I thought it was appropriate to, you know, show their business a little bit of love and find out what's, what's going on behind the scenes. What is a, we want to get to know the owners. So let's go, bro. I'm ready, excited to get this thing going. So I guess what I'm curious about is I've known you guys actually separately. How did you guys get to know each other? What made you go into business? I guess, Andrew, let's start with you. Tell me a little bit about your past. What got you to this point? So I feel like uh, I've been in hospitality my whole adult life. Uh, ever since high school, I knew this kind of what I wanted to do. We went, you know, from the beginning, we threw parties, we did events, you know, from houses to barns. To, we did, we, there was a spot in uh, Clarendon Hills, and it was called the Arabian Nights Farm. And so it was cheap. It was like 150 bucks a record for the night. So at that point, I, was, I had a company that was platinum productions. I was like 15 years old. It was like zero gravity days. And um, so we used to rent this barn out. Well, and they, they here. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then like, we just kind of like kept going, moving forward and moving forward. And I got into promoting, uh, you know, I was in the city for a long time, probably before I should have been. And then uh, by the time I was 21. A little underage back, action? Uh, allegedly. Uh, allegedly. 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 They said I did it. The club didn't fit, but um, you know it is what it is at this point. And by the time I was 21, everybody thought I was 30. So uh, <laughs> I mean, at this point, we didn't know what was going on. But from managing uh, clubs to doing bottle service management at festivals, and then you know I've been in nightlife probably the last 10 years solid. Um, but you know, there's nothing more. There, there's there's nothing better than it. There's nothing better than it. Now that we're that we got you know a food establishment, and this is coming a long way because the last time Andrew and I were doing stuff, it was uh, shotgun beers, and, and we did uh, some college parties. So where did you guys start working together? Where did you like officially meet and start working together as far as like bars, promotions, events? Well, we met before we we were friends before we actually started working together for sure, uh, and we just knew each other from the nightclubs. Um, well, at that point, I think this is team clubs. Yeah, 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 yeah. We knew each other from team clubs, like missions. Mission. Yeah. Uh, and at that point, he had a, he was doing this DJ thing, and you know he was the hottest thing in in, uh, in Elgin. So yeah, tell us a little bit about that Bartlett superstar. Bartlett <laughs> Barrington uh, Elgin. Wait, wait, everybody, stop talking. It's pizza time. All right, let's do it. We got we got cheers to pizza boys. Cheers boys. Salute, salute, Grandma Annie's the success. Little guy. Salute. Let's see how it is. This can also be a pizza review. Charles, you started DJing in high school. I was selling CDs out of the back of my uh, car at the Seven Eleven. Um, hustling. I mean, I think that's why Andrew and I 
get along so well is we both have the same kind of like past in a way. We've always made our own money, found angles that other people didn't see, um, and, and just got out there and got after it, right? So once we did start doing business together, we just kind of saw eye to eye, like, yo, like, we could do something cool. Um, the other thing is, you know, by by being in in like the game of you know making your own money, you you fail in a lot of things, right? And so you learn a lot of what not to do. And now that you know we're both in our thirties, we've gone through years of you know ups and downs. I mean, it's been a roller coaster, I think, for both of us. Even no. though. I mean, because you'll kill it for two years and then... And then you're broke and then yeah, it comes back exactly. and then you're trying to figure out the next move. Yep. But, but what you, when you reflect on that and when you go into another venture, you bring all that experience with you. So like even as we were like discussing this, there was a bunch of situations where we were like, all right, but when I did, you know, had XYZ place or when I was working XYZ place, you know, we did it this way, it didn't work, so we want to try it this way. And then all that comes together and makes this... You know, but I, I think that's what makes us work, and we're agile. We always, we're not like set in stone that this has to be a certain way. And I think that's been a great way for us to expand the way that Andrew and I communicate, because in the beginning, we started butting heads once we started getting into like, you know, the nitty gritty, the, well, like black and white type decisions, right? Where it's like, we're going this way or this way. Yeah, there has to be some give and take. You have to compromise. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, a business relationship is like a marriage, right? So yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't matter any way you look at it. You're with, the, I'm with him more than anybody else in my life. I talk to him more than anybody else in yeah. my life. He's, he, he, at this point, he is my partner. Yeah. The highs yeah. and lows, you got to learn to deal with each other, work well, we together, to live together. We, uh, I mean, dude, we went, the, the, the first six months of trying to figure out our pizza recipe and our dough, we're going to kill each other. You know what I mean? But then it comes down to a point where we feel, we remember that we're both, we're both going for the same goal, right? So like, we're, I'm passionate one way, he's passionate another way. And then our passions will collide together because both of us don't want to be wrong because this is all we've been living and thinking for the last six months. But then you take a step back and you're like, all right, bro, like some stuff you make sense, some stuff I make sense. Let's figure out what really makes sense. And instead of talking about it, let's try it. Exactly. And like that's kind of like our new thing is like we're not going to argue about things that we don't know. Yeah. We're going to try them and then we're going to make it work. Be open to what works best. We have to. Yeah. We have what to the customer wants. What? Yeah. You know, the what big, looks best, tastes best. The big thing, you have to be open the, to that. The, and we balance each other very well because it's like there's a lot of things I'm not good at. And like as a as a as a good business owner, you have to figure out what you're good at and what you're not good at. Like you have to because everybody's not good at everything. So you need to bring on. It's like when you get married again, you got to find somebody that they call it your partner, your better half. So he's my better half in business. You know, we balance each other very well. I'm loud, obnoxious, I'm go. He's meticulous, he's he's calculated, and he's slow. So it's like between both of us. <laughs> Excuse me? Slow <laughs> at everything. No, not, not, I'm sorry. No, he takes his time, he's yeah, calculated. He takes his time, we get he's calculated. It. He, he just actually, well, I'm go. Yeah. Like I'm thinking, yeah. I'm thinking once I get there. And I think you can apply that to almost anything, right? I mean, it, it comes down to, I'm willing to compromise to see if you are right. And communicate. And then, but then on the flip side of it, you have to be open on the other end of the equation yep. where if you are wrong, right? And that's hard because of this thing, like Andrew's saying, we're living here. Like we're putting insane amount of hours and it's not just the hours that we're here. It's like when, we're out, when I'm at home. It might, the brain doesn't stop. Exactly. I don't care where you're at. Because we're, we're still- No, we're, I know. You know, although we're open, we're not, this is our first one, right? And the, the game plan isn't just one restaurant. 
we want to be able to take this thing and push it at scale. And that's where my programming right. you know, background really helps because I, I worked as a software developer during the day. So I have my career as well as business, just like Andrew. He's got his hands in other things too, right? So you know, you got two guys that are doing 90 hours, 100 hours, but this is the thing that is really that we're passionate about. And that's why when you know he feels one way and I maybe, you know, I, I, I talk shit about it. I'm sorry if I don't put on beeping, beeping it out or whatever, but you know, if I talk shit about it, it's not that I'm talking shit about him, but he feels like it's about him and vice versa. Like he'll say something about something that I make and he'll be like, this doesn't look right, blah, blah, blah. I take it personally, even though I shit. All right, so something I wanted to bring up, you started bringing it up how you guys, myself, we've all been in different industries as well as hospitality. Andrew, you come from bars, clubs, promotions, events. You, Charles, you've done DJing. Now you're working with Cook County software development. You do all these apps and software stuff. Me, I've, most of my, the last 12 years of my life, I've been in hospitality, managing bars, restaurant clubs, and now working for Horton, working in uh, commercial insurance, taking a different path, but how have you guys taken those other walks of life and paths and applied it to this business you're starting? Um, I would what say, has it taught you and how are you applying it to Grandma Annie? I have taken every loss I've ever had and I've thought about it all the way through. So like before I do anything here, I think about it 10 different ways. I think about it from my point of view. I think about it from our employee's point of view. I think about it from his point of view. I try to like see the bigger picture of the things that are, are that we have to make real decisions on. And then once I figure out that I feel like this can work, then we'll, you know, we, we try to, we try that way, you know? So it's like, that's kind of where I'm at. So the biggest thing I learned from bars, restaurant, clubs, hospitality is the, the smallest task, the smallest issue problem in my life, I'm just constantly in like solution mode. 100%. So that's if been the biggest- In this industry, you have to be on that's, that's been the biggest thing. Like I get a, it can be something as trivial as a flat tire or someone passed away in my life. Something, something small or something terrible has 100%. happened. And you know, I might sulk for a second, but I'm instantly in like, how am I gonna fix this? How's it gonna go going forward? And how's it gonna affect the people around me? And you have to be constantly on your toes. You know what? I swear, bro. I saw something on Instagram one time, probably years ago, and it said, you, you have two options. You either, can you fix the issue, then why worry? Can you not fix the issue, then why worry? Either way, it's the same answer, right? So it's like, what is the point of stressing yourself out and getting to a point where you're, you, you, your brain and everything is just ruined because you have are your anxiety ridden and like people that are, are out there, I feel so bad for them sometimes because it's like, dude, like I get it. I get the frustration, I get the anxiety, but like we have to use the power of the mindset and push ourselves through. Like every day could be a bad day if you wanted to. Right. So, pressure pressure's a privilege. Yeah. Like the fact that you have pressure means that you're doing something. You understand? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we were, we were talking about this that earlier. Sucks. Stay uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, you have to you, do something new, put the pressure on. Cause more problems in your life, and you'll grow. Yeah, no, I agree. Absolutely, man. I feel like people just need to take small wins. People forget about the small wins. The little things you hear it all the time. The little things matter, but people forget about the little things. And, and, we, and how you frame stuff, like even one hundred percent, even mentally, like like the way you talk to yourself. That that's manifestation is real. You know, if you say if you if if you say you're going to be miserable every single day, you're going to be miserable every single day. But if you wake up and say, I'm going to say hi to 10 people a day, somebody's going to smile at you. It's like the little things. Again, it's the little things in life, like the person that holds the door open, 
the, the, you know, the, the, the lady that, that didn't have 25 cents for her food, so you give it to her. You know, it's the little things, bro, that we have to, as a community, people need to be kind to each other, man. And I feel like we just need to get that back. Yeah, I mean, and as you guys were opening this place before, before it was painted, before you were doing any branding or advertising, didn't you say people were like popping their heads in? Like, what is this? What is this going to be? Oh, it's pizza. We need this here. We're excited. We want this. Bro, we had, I was, we were living here at that point. Like, I mean, every single day working on the recipes, getting this place cleaned up. I mean, the first thing we did was we put the oven in. Yeah. And then we built everything around the oven. Right? Yeah. And, and the reason why is because Andrew and I, and although Andrew has pizza background, I had zero experience in pizza. And um, we didn't want to just go and use somebody else's recipe. Yep. So, you know, if you, I think I showed you the pictures of the first pizzas that came out. They were embarrassing, bro. They were like, they were worth, like, it was not, like, not totally sellable. It's not delivery and it's not even DiGiorno. That's what it was. Like, it was, you know, you, you, you know, like the, the Jack's, <laughs> you know, pizza. Jack's is fire. Jack's would Jack, shit out. No, no, no. Jack's is, Jack's is fire. But like the one that's like four underneath it, that's like $2 a pizza. <laughs> We started there. Yeah, it was it was bad. It was really bad. But again, you know, it was just learning process. Trial and error. I mean, you said you were working on dough for like four months plus six. from six months from scratch. Now you're the dough man. Yeah, but um, yeah. So, but as I was being done, you know, this there was a lot of battles around the oven as well as battles around the room in this entire place. This thing was so heavy, bro. Like every single one of these corners of the building, every every single tile, there was like a long discussion you know because again we're so invested in this this is like this place is a piece of nothing was easy yeah it's a part of us i was going to ask you guys why the pink but i mean to me it's fairly obvious the branding just for me you know knowing you guys coming in and out of this place doing the insurance for this place not only are you guys my first episode, they were my first client with the, the Horton Group. We had, to but, give, we had to give my guy a chance. He's, he's pretty solid. Much love. So Save us a lot of money from our competitors. Don't <laughs> that. That, that's, actually, that's actually for real. That is. Yeah. And Zach has actually helped out on some other family stuff that he saved my uh, family a lot of money on some stuff. So uh, I, got, I, got, I had a lot of faith in Zach, and now I have huge faith in Zach. You what's know, funny, what's really funny, so the, the, on Halloween, we had a customer come in. And so I'm, I'm talking, I'm talking to him. He's a really nice guy. And he's like, "Oh, I live right there." Blah 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 blah. He's like, "Yeah, I tell all my friends they make a left at the pink building." I'm like, "Now we're a landmark uh, in Humble Park, so it's awesome." But no, but in, in, in reality, you know, my thing was we do a lot of things with festivals. Where you know we're at a, we're at a bunch of festivals. We uh, I've been doing festivals for a long time. This will be our first year as Grandma Annie's added. That's going to be our brand. Um, but, you know, all the big festivals in Chicagoland we do, and we needed a brand that matched that. We, you know, we have old school feel, old school menu with, with, you know, a new school vibe. So it's like, you know, a lot of, I feel like people think modern food is like, when, they, when you think modern food, you think like small, you think, you know, uh, not flavorful, like simple dishes, you know. So we want the old minimalistic, exactly. decorative. We yeah. want the old, we want the old school pizza, big portions, big big sandwiches, but we want the new school vibe of of you know how the swag is. We yeah, got, I think that comes from our like our family like vibe. Because we both sure. said the same stuff before, where it's like you never want to run out of food at a family party kind of thing. Yeah. Like everything that we serve, we want to make sure there's value in it. You're going to be full because people work. There should always be leftovers. Exactly. Oh. People work hard for their money. People work extremely yeah. hard for their money. And it's I feel like it's a scam 
if you charge a lot and don't actually provide a lot. And then on the other side of that, you know what the branding is. Andrew and I are huge on our families, right? Like family's everything. And family can be everything from your actual blood to your really close friends. But you take care of the people around. Blood doesn't make you related, loyalty does. Exactly. And 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 so, you know, the name is is based on my grandmother who passed away, right? But like in, in our our you know um, mural doesn't represent necessarily what she looked like, but we want to show people that this place is should be Your grandma didn't look like a like a gangster Betty White? No. Hey, don't, don't be talking about like, my grandma. But like, like there's there's three words that describe what this business is. And you're the one that came up with it. What is it? Good mood food. Good mood food. Good mood foods. I mean, just think about this, right? Every time you eat, when, when you get your girl, right? You're, you're, you're at dinner with your girl. She's been yelling at you all day. She wants to get out to eat. She takes the first bite of her food. What's the first thing she's doing? She's doing like that little happy the dance. food she's dance, excited. the happy Bro, dance. Food it's supposed to bring people together. Yeah. Food is supposed, supposed to make to, you, mm. it's supposed to make you happy. When you're eating it, bro, especially when you go to a restaurant, right? You work, you know, a lot of people work $15, it's $15 an hour, right? You spend $30 on a pizza. You just paid two hours, two hours of your life to eat that pizza. You better like that food. That's You better like that food, and that's what it is. I want people to walk in, and I want them to do the happy days. I want good mood food to be a, to right. be our slogan, but I want you to feel it. Turn I, that bad mood into a good mood. Yeah. Bro, you walk in here, I want you to, I want, I want all your issues to go away. I want you to think about eating your food. I want you to smile because you're in a happy area. I want you to look at the pink and it brightens you up. I want you to take a picture with the slice, slice baby. I want you to just embrace what you have instead of thinking about all the negative Instagrammable. things. Instagrammable. You know, it's not even about Insta, even though social media is a huge outreach now. I mean, that's where that's where all band brands are built right now. So obviously we want to stay proactive in social media, and that's why we made an Instagrammable place. But, you know, I mean, a lot of it is more of we had a vision, and it's cool to see what we had on paper, and then we had in renderings, and then we had in real life. And it's like the process of getting here is the coolest part. And you can't have any type of business without people. People are the most important in your business. So that's another thing that's, that's very difficult is learning your people. Because if you don't learn your people, you're never gonna have a successful business. Everybody has to get disciplined differently. You can't talk to this guy how you talk to this guy. It just yeah. doesn't work. I mean, and that's, that's what's huge about hospitality. If you're you working in a bar, restaurant, club, whatever, a hotel, you know, you're, you're a specific type of person, but you're surrounded by all walks of life. Yeah. Different religion, ethnicity, uh, income, status, stature, everything. Like you're learning how to, how to react to someone who's super rich, maybe middle class, maybe black, white, Hispanic, whatever it may be. Right. You're learning how to react and treat these people. You know, all we're all on a common ground. Treat everyone the same, treat everyone respectfully. It's hospitality, be hospitable. Well, you know what I feel, but I feel like me and you both were in a very high volume, luxurious neighborhood for a long time before before you know we moved on to the next steps of our life. And working at those places and being in that neighborhood and then coming over to a whole other side of the world, right? Things that mattered over there don't matter over here. Yeah. You know, uh, things that we expected to be different because of how things were ran over there aren't. There's community here. There's there's families here. There's real neighborhood respect here. Like, you know who your neighbors are. I've been living in my building for five years. 
I don't. I, I couldn't tell you my neighbors' names. You know, that's the cool thing about it. Like, I hope Mark Celeste, the old school. They life. had that. Yeah. Community is yeah. the coolest thing here. Like even with some of our employees, like like oh my aunt's gonna come by. She's gonna she's gonna walk over and have some pizza. Yeah, we and ended then, up. You know, I mean, you guys are gonna have regulars so quickly. Well, where it's not even that. So what, what, we hired a, a guy that works here. Great guy. His aunt lives right next door. We had no idea. I bet she's gonna help you whenever you need it. Bro, they're all gonna like, help. That's the cool thing about it over here is that everybody is so kind. It's like. It's, it, good. It, it's it's a great it's a great neighborhood. Again, it fits it fits our, our our slogan perfectly. Good food, food. You come in here, it's not you know you, you love the food. We're gonna have a conversation. You're gonna have a good time, and you know it's gonna be consistent every time you come through, right? Yeah. It's it's no there's there's no bullshit here. And you know the, I think the hard thing is gonna be uh, being able to take that culture because right now the culture's coming off of and you know Andrew and myself's like vibe and. and you know, hopefully our, our, our employees see that and they also can act the same way we act, right? But now when we want to go to location three, four, five, six, you know, our the employees aren't going to be around us as much, right, at that point, because they're going to have to be a level out. And it's going to be, I think the next big battle isn't necessarily just getting another place open, it's figure out how to duplicate that culture. Yeah, me and him have been talking about doing business multiple times, multiple times. We had another company before this called Midsource, we, you know, we were pretty much reselling different uh, products and stuff like that. And we just kept trying things and we're like, you know what? Let's just go back to what we know. And that's taking care of people. I come from food. So it's like between both of us, we knew how to, how to manage and how to work together and how to make not only a brand that is going to be likable by not just one genre of people, but a whole genre of people. And then on top of that, have... Something that like we can put our name on and be like, yo, we're proud of this. I mean, and it's just a good concept for you guys. We've all come from crazy bars and clubs and high energy venues. And like now, yeah, we're getting a little bit older. We've seen crazy shit. Maybe we want to chill a little. And now you guys as owners of the business, you want to be in control of stuff. Not, you know, other people booking your gigs, making your schedule, telling you what you're going to get paid, what you're going to do, what's on the menu, what are the drinks, learn this. You guys are in control now. 100%. And, you know. Again, I think, again, the cool thing is watching your idea turn into a reality. Yeah. I said that. I I keep saying I mean, I saw this place when it was like dust and dirt and no paint and. Still trying to put money on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. When we first came up But it's, it's, like you said, you stayed in budget. You kept it simple, but it's still, it looks great. It looks clean. It looks modern. Yet it's, it's still simple. It, you know, you did, did what you had to. You know, I'm in my 30s, too. I'm thinking future, career, and um, I knew somebody who was in insurance, um, a guy that I've known for years. I actually met him at a bar. We get back to contacts and networking. I've known him for six years, and he's been talking to me about insurance forever, and it's like, oh, no, I'm 26 years old. I have so much more to do in hospitality, insurance, no chance. Like, I'm good where I'm at. And then the years went by. I was like, it's making more and more sense. You know, maybe I'm getting a little burnt out, the hours, the flexibility, the balance of life. And just, you know, every the balance, the money you could make, the, the career path. Yeah, we don't have a balance. And, a, and like, yeah. Life? Yeah, and I'm just starting to learn what that is. But because of things like this, I'm never going to get away from hospitality. I'm always going to have life lessons. I'm always going to be connected and going out and talking to people. That's why I love that I do insurance for bars, restaurant clubs, hotels, all that stuff. So I'll, I'll never be disconnected and shit. I'm sure I'll own, I'll invest and own in bars and restaurants. Maybe I'll work in them again one day. Like you can't get out of it. 
It's hard. It's in you. Bro, it's in you. When so, the hospitality industry is one of the most hardworking industries in the world. Because the nightlife, think about how many issues you you deal with in one night. Your Al- con- alcohol your- alcohol <laughs> makes everybody change. Yeah. You have the nicest person in the world walk in, and you'll have the Grinch walk out. So, like, you're dealing with every single mindset, every single type yeah. of pers- personality, every single issue. The things that you can tell about issues that you ran into being in nightlife, just managing bars, the stories you could just tell from that alone. Bro, the, you, you have to learn how to deal with everything. And I feel yeah. like it's, it's, it's the best industry. Yeah, in it's not like any other work environment, especially when alcohol is involved, like you're saying. Because, yeah, you could have someone who walks in perfectly happy. They get blackout drunk and leave pissed, fighting, going crazy on the staff. Or maybe maybe they walk in pissed. They're having a terrible night. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes. Walmart gets wild. Shout out to Walmart. The people of Walmart watching is the best. They deal with a lot too. But no, somebody could walk in pissed. I'm having a terrible day. This went wrong. This went wrong. Bad day at work. They go in. They have the night of their life. They walk out. Thanks for having me. This was great. The alcohol. You gave them a memory. You gave them an experience. So it could go either way. And that's why you're like, you're constantly working on the fly, the different types of people and the state of mind they're in. Because, you know, they're drinking. They're doing other things. They're doing all kinds of things. Listen, we can't watch a thousand people at every moment on un- multiple floors and rooms. And it's not going to happen. Everybody unwinds differently. Everybody right. deals with stress differently. It's the definition of customer service. Period. Because like, I can be an accountant. I can be an insurance. I can work at a bank. Whatever. I could be an Uber driver. You're not dealing with uh, Uber drivers are dealing with hammered people all the time. Dude, but my Uber point is, are dealing with everybody. Got shout it's, out to Uber drivers. You guys love this world. <laughs> But yeah, you're dealing with a whole different mindset of person. They're so unpredictable. And you have to be as unpredictable as them. Problems become your problems. Going back to like not being able to please everybody, um, at the end of the day, you have to identify what your core tenants are. And based on that, as long as you deliver that every time, like you say, this is what we are, if you deliver it every time, then those, you know, 10% of people that don't aren't happy with the product or whatever it is. You don't have to feel bad about it because you don't know what that person went through, you know, that day. However, if it's something that we, it's, it's no longer fitting what our tenants are or what our standards are, well, now we have to figure it out. And that is our, you know, that, that's our issue. Right. And sometimes you got to figure out which side of the fence that problem's laying on, right? We have to figure out, is this someone that's, you know, not necessarily even who our core customer's going to be, but having a bad day? Did we deliver what we say we were going to deliver? Or was it that we actually dropped the ball? And, and uh, that's probably one of the biggest issues in managing, right? And then you have to decide because there's certain cultures where it's the customer's always right. And there's other cultures where it's how many of my employees back no matter what. Well, I, so part of me, me personally, I wanted to get on the other side of things. Yep. So people think like, oh, you went from an exciting career to insurance. That's so boring. But it's really not because, you know, you can try to prevent things from happening from within the club, but we obviously deal with stuff after it happens, claims, whatever. But I used to be the person calling the cops, calling the ambulances, putting out the fires, dealing with all that, and then Chaos. damage control and all the PR the next day. So now, you know, I kind of wanted to get on the other side of the risk. And yeah, you're dealing with it after the fact, but that's the whole point of getting insurance. Right. Like, you know, people think, I don't want to pay for this. Things are never going to happen, but shit always happens, 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 especially in bars and clubs. So that was it. That's what made it a smooth transition for me because I've seen it all from the inside. 
I've seen people do stupid stuff and now I know how to mitigate that risk and you know, how to protect these bars. Go and also on. realizing there's nothing easy. Like you, you bought uh, your property last year. Yeah. Um, every single thing you see on the internet is how buying property is easiest in the world, it's passive income, all you're gonna do is collect checks and eventually you don't have to have a boss. Tell me if any of that is, is real after you bought it. Yeah, and then I had to deal with a 10 month eviction. Exactly. There, right. There's, there's My no, first there's tenant. a single dollar in this world that you earn that is passive. Yep. Right? So it's, you know, before you take a step forward into anything, you need to make sure that you will. Right? Because if you don't, it's not going to be successful. Because the amount of work it takes to make something successful, especially when it's from the foundation up, it's, it's, it's you're literally torturing yourself. I mean, if you, if you laid it out on paper and said, hey, you know, you're going to work X amount of hours and for your first year, not only are you going to not make money, you're going to lose money, right? Yeah. And then you look at the time. Especially in a restaurant. Hours. If someone came to you and, and, and proposed that to you as a job, you would laugh at them instantly. Like, you have to be insane to be an entrepreneur, right? And I, I don't know how many people told me, even in this venture, don't do it. why are you, are you, you know, using the R word for opening up a, you know, a restaurant? Like, it's not just because other people couldn't do it doesn't mean that we can't do it. Right. Right. And it's, it, it, but at the same time, too, going into it, you can't be naive. You have to understand that this is, this, you have to love the game for one. And then for two, you have to realize that you are going to have to make sacrifices in your life in order to make this thing work because you can't have the Instagram glamour, and, and, you know, that, that, that people portray that. You know, this is such a beautiful lifestyle, like you're saying, uh, and, and also be successful and be the person that's building this thing out. It just doesn't exist. You can't have it all. All right. Well, you heard it from Andrew and Charles at Grandma Annie's. I'm Zach Schmidt, host of It's Cool. I know the owner. Now you guys actually do know the owners. Thanks for listening. Until next time, good day.
Hi everyone, welcome to the very first episode of It's Cool, I Know the Owner podcast. And today my first guests ever are Charles Martinez and Andrew Zidane of Grandma Annie's Pizzeria. You know, we balance each other very well. I'm loud, obnoxious, I'm go. He's meticulous, he's, he's calculated, and he's slow. So it's like between both of us. <laughs> Excuse me? Slow at everything. No, not, not, I'm sorry. Wait, wait, everybody stop talking. It's pizza time. All right, let's do it. We got, we got cheers to pizza, boys. Cheers, boys. Salute, salute, Grandma Annie's, the success. Little guy. Salute. Let's see how it is. This can also be a pizza review. Hi everyone, welcome to the very first episode of It's Cool, I Know the Owner podcast. You know, we balance each other very well. I'm loud, obnoxious, I'm go. He's meticulous, he's, he's calculated, and he's slow. So it's like between both of us. <laughs> Excuse me? Slow at everything. No, not, not, I'm sorry. Dan Elgin. Wait, wait, everybody stop talking. It's pizza time. We got, we got cheers to pizza boys. Cheers boys. Salute, salute. Grandma salute. Annie's, the success.